And so let's, let's dive into God's word today as we are in this series called Bounce Back. And here's my title today. Why have you forsaken me? Can I encourage you to click the share button right now? I really believe this message is going to help so many people who feel like they have been forsaken. Let's look at God's word today and kind of give you a little backdrop about this series. And that is we all have bad days. Thank you so much for playing for us, Lauren. We all have bad days. And here, here's what I want us to always understand. No matter how much you love God, how much you pray, how much you fast, you will have bad days. Bad days are just a part of living in this fallen world. But, but no matter, and what we've been talking about is no matter how bad your days are, you can always bounce back if you learn how to respond correctly to bad days. But, but we've also said if you respond incorrectly to bad days, that bad days can turn into bad weeks and bad months and bad years, a bad decade, even a bad life. So we're trying to teach you how to respond to bad days. And we've been learning some good advice from what Jesus said on his worst day ever. In about a 12-hour period, Jesus was, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was falsely accused, he was spit on, he was humiliated, he was rejected, a crown of thorns was placed on his head, and he was nailed to an old rugged cross. And on his worst day ever, we see that Jesus responded on the cross with seven insightful statements and from these statements we we've, we've already been learning that 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 week one on your worst day ever forgive we we learned week two on your worst day ever remember your witness and we learned last week on your worst day ever love always if you miss one of the messages get on YouTube and be sure to watch those messages today we're looking at statement number four of Jesus on the cross. We see it in Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 and verse 46. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Somehow God made it dark in the middle of the day for about three hours. It became a dark day and it was also a dark moment in the life of Jesus. Verse 46 goes on to say, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Greek word for cried out means to scream. Literally, Jesus screamed at the top of his lungs. Eli, Eli, lava sabachthani. He screamed, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Forsaken means deserted, rejected, let go, abandoned. Jesus was on the cross and he had this deep, feeling of being abandoned matter of fact on his worst day ever on earth everybody abandoned Jesus Judas betrayed Jesus and abandoned him 
The crowd abandoned Jesus, even his own disciples abandoned him. And then we find Jesus on the cross of Calvary, carrying the weight of all of humanity's sins, and his heavenly father abandoned him on that cross. And the reality is this, it, it hurts deeply when you're abandoned. And I realize some of you, you know this firsthand. Maybe a spouse left you and ripped your heart out. Maybe one or both of your parents walked out the door and walked out your life when you were a child or a teenager. Maybe you were abandoned by a girlfriend, a, a boyfriend, a, a close friend. Maybe a boss or a co-worker just left you high and dry. And the reality is it can hurt deeply. But here's what I really want us to focus on today. It hurts even worse when you feel like God has abandoned you. When, God, when you feel like God has rejected you. And you find yourself in seasons of life, going, God, where are you? God, God, I, I don't see you working in my life. I don't see you working in my situation. God, where are you? Have you left me? Why don't you show up? You see what I'm going through. Are you even with me? And this is how some of you are feeling today. God, where are you? I remember back when I was in high school and growing up in my little small town, we woke and I remember the day me, my older brother and my younger sister loaded down my mom's car because she was leaving my dad. And we packed as much as we could into her car. And I remember my brother and sister decided to go with my mom and Although I was a mama's boy, I decided to stay back because I wanted to work to get a football scholarship. And I remember hugging my mama, hugging my brother, hugging my sister. And I remember them driving away, heading to Rochester, New York to go live with my mom's sister. And when my, my dad got home later that evening, I was left there to tell him the news and I told my dad that mom had left and Scotty and Herlana had went with mom to Rochester, New York and it was the Christmas season. I was very close to my brother, my sister, my mom and just shortly after that was Christmas season and I remember, I remember Christmas day holding my pillow, crying my eyes out. Well, why has this happened? I fell all alone on Christmas Day. Love my brother, love my sister, love my mama. Why is this happening? God, why did you allow this? It was, the, it, was the, it was the one time in my life I thought, is life worth living? I felt all alone 
in that season of my life on that Christmas morning. And here's what I know. Feeling like God has abandoned you on a bad day, it can be hard to bounce back from. It can be hard to bounce back when you feel like you are rejected. And here's what I've seen of almost 30 years of preaching the gospel, of almost 20 years of pastoring this amazing church. Here's what I have noticed when people go through bad days, when people feel like God God has rejected them. It can take a bad day and make it a worse day because people have a tendency when they feel rejected by God that they reject God. I've seen people walk walk away from God and, and run away from God. And I've seen people in, in a dark day say, God, I have nothing to do with you. And some people even curse God and they quit church and they quit praying and they quit reading their Bible and they quit giving and they quit small group and they quit serving. They just quit on God because the natural human tendency, our human nature is to reject those who reject us to abandon those who abandon us. And here's what I want to accomplish today. I think it's very important, the assignment that God has me on today. I want us to learn how to respond when you feel like God has rejected you. How to respond when you feel like God has abandoned you. How do you respond on bad days? How do you respond to this so they don't turn into worse days? And I want us to look at this very important subject today. I want to give you three right responses when you feel abandoned by God. Three right responses. Number one is this. Remind yourself God loves you and is with you. It's so important. If you're a follower of Christ, even on your worst day, can I tell you, God loves you and God is with you. God hasn't left you on your worst day. God is with you. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said never. Come on, everybody shout never. Come on, I need a few folks in the chat, chat line just to write that. Just write never, never, never will I leave you. You're, you're a follower of Christ. Never will I forsake you never never ever never 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 and because God is with you you're not alone that's number one because God is with you you're not alone Matthew 28 verse 20 Jesus says and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always come on everybody shout the word always I'm trying to help somebody who feels like God's rejected you, he's left you, he's abandoned you. I want you to know, no, no, if you're a follower of Christ, God is with you always to the very end of the age. No matter how far God may feel from you right now, if you're a follower of Jesus, I promise you, God is with you. I know you may feel isolated, but God is with you. I know you may feel rejected, but God is with you. I know you may feel lonely right now, but God is with you. I know it's hard right now for somebody that I'm talking to today, but I want to remind you as a child of God that God is with you. Never will he forsake you. He's with you always. You're not alone. Here's, here's the second thing, and that is because God is with you, take your hard questions to God. Take your hard questions to God. Notice what Hebrews says in chapter 4 and verse 15 and 16. It says, this high priest of ours, talking about Jesus, understands our weaknesses. 
For he faced all the same testings we do, yet did not sin. So let us come boldly. If you have a paper Bible, just circle that word boldly. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God, the word of God says, go to the throne of grace boldly. Go, go to God with the bold prayers. Go to the throne of God with bold questions. Go to the throne of God with bold concerns. I want you to understand that your great all-powerful God is not intimidated. He's not scared of your bold questions. He's not scared of your bold concerns. Take them to God. Take your questions to God. God, why did this happen? Why did they die? I prayed for them. Why did they leave? Why the sickness? Take your hard questions to God. Why the abuse? Why the pain? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you heal them? Why didn't you stop this from happening? I know that you're able. Why, God? You can take your bold questions to God. And here's what scripture says. When you go boldly to the throne, it says you will receive his mercy, his grace, and his help when you need it most. Take your bold questions to God. Why? So he can help you. I've done this on many occasions. I've taken my bold questions of God. I've had some crazy, audacious, mad, angry questions that I've taken to God. And I've taken my complex questions. I've taken, taken my complicated situation. When I've taken, why did this happen? God, I've taken it to the throne of grace. And can I tell you, sometimes God gives me clarity. Sometimes God gives me an answer. Sometimes I, I see exactly what God was doing. And there are other times I still don't understand I still don't have clarity but God meets me at the point of my need and he comforts me or he gives me his strength or he gives me his peace or he gives me his comfort I can make it another day I've taken it to the throne of God I've been real with God I've taken my bold questions I don't understand why and even though you haven't making it clear I feel your presence I feel your comfort I feel your touch I feel your love. I can make it another day because I don't understand why, but I know that you're with me. Take your bold questions to God. Number three is this, because God is with you, this season is a part of your story, not the entire story. Jesus was abandoned. He was rejected on the cross, but that was part of the story, not the entire story. Come on, most of you know the story. On the third day, he rose from the grave with all power in his hands. You see, you have to understand his pain had a purpose. The pain was part of the story, not the entire story. And here's what the scripture says. I want you to catch this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. It says, for now, for now on this earth, we, we see in a mirror dimly. But then when we get to heaven, we'll see face to face. And so right now on this earth, it says, now I know in part. Then I shall fully know, even as I have been fully 
known. So what I want you to understand is that right now on this earth, we know in part. We can't see the whole story God is writing with our life. We can't always see the full story God is writing with our situation. But understand that what you're going through is a chapter in your book, not the whole book. All you can see right now is the chapter you're living in. But God works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you will trust God and lean on God and follow God in your bad days. Go anybody else like me, I can think about some painful moments of my life. And in that time, it didn't make any sense. But I look back and I go, that was just a part of my story. And God got me out of that. And that was a chapter. That wasn't the whole story. But when you're in the middle of it and you're confused and you feel abandoned and you feel rejected, it's easy to begin to think that's the whole story. And God just sent me here to tell somebody, no, your heavenly father is with you. And because he is with you, what you're going through is just a part of the story. It's just a chapter. It's not the entire book. There's a second thing that I want us to see. What, what do you do when you feel rejected by God? When you feel abandoned by God, number two is this, turn why God into what God. So whenever you're facing a difficult chapter in your life and it feels like God isn't with you, here's what I want you to do. I want to teach you this. It's so key. Turn your why questions into what questions. Here's the first thought is this. Ask God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to teach me? This is a very interesting verse. I don't have time to be all theological today with this verse, but it's very interesting that our perfect Savior, who never sinned, could still learn from pain. And the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Not just why God, but what God. There's something you want me to learn from what I'm going through. And Jesus on the cross, he screamed, why have you forsaken me? Because God isn't afraid of our why God questions. But Jesus stayed on the cross because of the what. Jesus knew the what was to save humanity. The what is very important. We get caught up in the why, but I want you to understand to bounce back on bad days. You have to understand and begin to ask the what, what, what. If you don't end up turning your why God into what God, if you just stay on why God, why God, why God, if you just stay there, you're going to end up finding yourself questioning God's character questioning God's love, questioning God's sovereignty, questioning God's faithfulness. And so when you're having a bad day, it's okay to say, why God? But shift your why God to what God? The what will help you bounce towards God instead of away from God. What are you trying to teach me, God? What are you trying to show me, God? What are you trying to do, God? What will help you bounce back? Turn your why, God, into what, God? I want you to see a second thing with this. Ask God, what do you want to do in me? On your hard days, when you even feel rejected, God, what do you want to do in me? 
I think the Apostle Paul is a great example of this. The, the, the scripture says that he had what was described as a thorn in the flesh. And that there's a lot of different thoughts as you uh, look and, and study and, 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 and look at, uh, at all of the history and what Paul went through and scholars would say of what the thorn actually was. And I'm not 100% what that thorn in the flesh was. But scripture says that three different times Paul asked God to remove the thorn, the thorn in the flesh. And guess what God did? He said, no, I will not remove it. And Paul could have easily felt, I'm abandoned. I've been rejected by God. But I want you to notice what Paul says on a very bad day. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Paul asked God three different times, Why God? Why God? Why God? But instead of asking God 29, 150, 3,000 times, Paul turned his why God into what God. He didn't start questioning God's character. No, he discovered the what. The what. The what is important when you're going through bad days. And Paul said, I understand the what now. God wanted to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul realized that what felt like rejection from God was really God trying to do something inside of him. Here's what I've learned in my walk with Jesus. Bad days can reveal what's on the inside of us. God's silence, God's no, what feels like God is abandoning us, it can reveal what's on, on the inside of us. It can reveal our weaknesses. It can reveal our inner sin. It can, it can reveal where our faith is weak. And so ask God, what do you want to do in me? I've learned, I've learned, it's taken me a while, but I've learned to steward my pain so much better because I don't want to miss what God is trying to do in me. I realize there's purpose in this pain. God wants to do something in me and I can just be stuck on why God, why the death, why did this happen? Why the pain? Why didn't you intervene? Why, why, why? But, but instead of just camping out there, yes, I take my hard questions to God, but I don't, I've learned not to live there. Now I turn my why God into what God I realize you're trying trying to do something in me you're trying to show me something and I don't want to miss it Lord what do you want to do with in my life right now deal with my pride deal with my insecurities deal with my blind spots deal with my lust deal with my pride deal with my greed deal with my lying deal with my hatefulness deal with my bitterness deal with my anger issues God use this pain to do your work in me. And the third is this, ask God, what do you want to do through me? Through me. What God did through Jesus on his worst day has changed us forever because there was purpose in the pain. On his worst day ever, Jesus paid the sin debt for all of humanity on that cross. I want you to just hear this verse. It just kind of gives a little bit more insight to what I'm talking about. Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author, and the perfecter of faith, 
for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the pain of the cross because he was focused on what God wanted to do through him. He was focused on the joy of seeing lost humanity reconciled to God. What God did through the apostle Paul through this thorn in the flesh. I want you to think about what God did through him because he did not become conceited because God did something in him so he could do something through him and Paul ended up writing two thirds of the New Testament, almost two thirds. He, he planted churches. He, 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 he saw many people saved and healed and set free. He raised up great leaders like Timothy. God did something through his life in the painful seasons. And when God is silent, when you feel abandoned or rejected, I want you to remember, he doesn't ever forsake us. So ask God, what God? What do you want to do through me? People's Church, Midwest City, Northwest Indianapolis, those of you online, there's purpose in your pain. God oftentimes uses our greatest pain as the launching pad for our greatest calling. Your greatest ministry can come out of your greatest misery. I think about my own life. The pain. Been sexually abused. Packing my mom's car down. My mom leaving. I think about the pain. I think how God used all of that to write my story. I think about how it drove me to my knees and how I gave my life to Jesus in a football locker room because of outreach because I was bitter and I was mad and I was angry and I was upset at the world. And God, God reached down says, son, your greatest misery, I'm going to take it and use it as your greatest ministry. And I think about my burden for hurting people. I think about how I will never settle to pastor a church that doesn't try to reach those who are hurting and broken and lost, this is not a country club, but it was birthing me in my teenage years as I was hurting and I was broken and I was lost. I'm passionate about outreach because somebody reached out to me. I didn't just show up on church because of Sunday service. I didn't care about nothing about no Sunday services. I showed up at a football locker room. That's why like, I'm giving all the teenagers popsicles, give them pizza, give them whatever you want to give them. I was reached through outreach. So I get serious about things like Easter, like, oh, Pastor, thank you for those cute cards you always put in the seat. No, I, like for me, this is real. I got to invite somebody. I got to buy somebody Starbucks and say, hey, hey, I just wanted to invite you to church. You have a church home. I got to buy somebody's grocery right now. I don't even need to buy somebody's grocery. I'm going to buy somebody's gas. Who knows what I'm talking about? That'll get somebody's attention right now. But I got to. Because I was reached by outreach. And so I am passionate about reaching people because my greatest misery has turned into my greatest ministry. There's purpose in your pain. I close with number three, and that is this. Number three is this. When you can't trace God, 
You feel rejected. You feel abandoned. When you can't trace God's hand, trust God's heart. When you're going through a bad day, it's important to remember that Jesus is not powerless. I want you to remember that. When you're going through a bad day, Jesus is not powerless. He's the same Jesus who walked on water. He's the same Jesus who fed 5,000 people with a few fish and some loaves. He's the same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead. He's the same Jesus who had the power to come off the cross, but he chose to trust his heavenly father and to die on that cross. Jesus, Luke chapter 23, 23 verse 46 says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father into your hand he's on the cross why have you forsaken me why why have you left me rejected me but then he said father i still trust you into your hands i still on my worst day when i feel abandoned by you you've forsaken me i still trust you i commit my spirit into your hands then he breathed his last breath on his worst day Jesus chose to stay on the cross and die because he trusted his heavenly father's plan. I want you to see this. Why have you forsaken me? But I commit my spirit to you. On my worst day, when I feel like you've abandoned me, I'm not turning down my trust. I'm turning my trust up. I commit my spirit into your hands. I don't like this, but I trust you. It's not easy, but I trust you. It's painful, but I trust you. They hurt me, but I trust you. They spit on me, but I trust you. They put a crown of thorns on my head, but I trust you. They put a spear in my side, but I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust your plan. When people feel abandoned, rejected, most people's first response is to lose trust in God. Where are you? Why is this happening? But don't let your bad days cause you to turn down your trust. On your worst day, people's church, turn up your trust in God. I know it's hard, but say, God, I trust you with my life. It's not easy what I'm going through. But I still trust the promises of God. I turn up my trust in your promises. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. We turn up our trust by saying amen. To all of God's promises all amen means is so be it how many of you realize it's easy to say amen when things are going good but we turn up our trust when we learn to say amen so be it on bad days that's what Jesus did on the cross and that's what you and I need to do on our bad days turn up your trust in God's promises say Amen. Promises like Hebrews 13 verse 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Amen, God. 
you're with me on my bad days. Romans 8 verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen, God. You're taking all the bad and you're working it for my good. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Amen, God. You still have a plan even though I'm going through pain promises like Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us amen God you're going to do more than I could even think or ask if I just trust you I trust you I trust you promises like first Peter chapter 5 verse 10 and after you have suffered for a little while the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ he will will himself restore Restore you, secure you, strengthen you, and establish you. Amen, God. You're using this bad day to restore me, to strengthen me, and to establish me. Promises like Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen, God. Even with high gas prices, even with crazy inflation, I trust you and you will supply all of my needs, not our According to my riches, but according to your riches. Promises like Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, gave him up for all, for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Amen, God. You will give me everything I need to fulfill my purpose on this earth. Promises like Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen, God, to the fact that your character has not changed on my bad days. You're still compassionate. You're still faithful. So I trust you even when I don't understand you. I trust you even when I feel lonely. I trust you even though I'm going through pain. I trust you even though it doesn't make any sense. I trust your promises even though I don't see your hand. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. It's hard, but I trust you. I don't feel your presence, but I trust you. It feels like you've left me, but I trust you with my life.